Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to Struggle Session. I'm Leslie the Third. I'm Jack Allison. I'm Shannon Strucci. We have a special guest joining us today. He is the co-writer of the hottest new horror comic of the summer. I think that's fair to say. Hmm. Um, I mean, I mean, they're not putting out that many comic books from what I hear because right. Of the whole... So not yeah, not a lot of competition, but still yeah. very impressive. <laughs> uh, but I just got done reading. It. I really enjoyed it. it. Had some wonderful, wonderful, uh, really creepy art. Uh, Aaron Crow, thank you so much for joining us on Struggle Session. Thanks for having me on, guys, and uh, thanks for reading. Yeah, the the hottest new book during um, COVID. Uh, <laughs> the summer. only new book. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So tell tell uh, our listeners about it. Eats what feeds it. It eats what feeds it. It's um, a romance horror that I wrote with one of my best friends, Max Hoven, and uh, we actually have wonderful art from um, Gabriel Umazark. Um, somebody that's done uh, the last broadcast on Boom in the past and a really attractive kind of uh, spooky anime look in this book. But yeah. what's what's going on with it pretty much is um, our lead, Kenny, is uh, fresh out of high school and he's not too worried about um, anything but uh, his kind of hormones and where he's at right now. And he gets a job as a caretaker for a quite lovely and um, attractive middle-aged woman in the Louisiana Bayou. And even though uh, a lot of things might be off about the place, his hormones are just uh, dragging him into the grinder pretty much. And you guys get to watch as uh, you find out why he has to, you know, slide raw meat into an attic door and not ask any <laughs> questions about it and uh, learn what's going on in this sort of creepy bayou setting. Yeah, as a Louisiana boy, I mean, we've all had a summer like that at one point <laughs> or another. Uh, and that, that, that was what was appealing to me uh, about your book. Now, if people want to uh, check this book out, where can they uh, get it? Okay, so yeah, these comic stores, they like their codes, so it's nice and easy for them. Right now, you can get issue one and two. You could call your local store and order them for issue one. The code is APR202022. And for the second issue, it is J U N two zero one three two seven. So tell your story you want it eats what feeds it from Scout Comics, or go online and uh, you can order it at several different sites to have it delivered straight to your door if you want. Very cool. Obviously, this book has some uh, influences by some of my favorite writers, including uh, H.P. Lovecraft. So, what would you, were you trying to make? You know, kind of a tribute. We'd we'd come up with a title like a year earlier, and then when we got in touch with Gabriel, we we had spent some time trying to find an artist, and um, Gabriel's art's wonderful. And then we pitched another story, and he he said he wanted to do something more supernatural, and we spent some time thinking on that. And in the end, it ended up feeling a lot more. Lovecraft than maybe we intended because a lot of people are saying it's almost more of a um like a a, a Cajun Cthulhu or a, a Lovecraft in the Bayou. <laughs> well, and, technically, uh, uh, Call of Cthulhu is Cajun because it is set in Louisiana itself. So, but I, I guess people forget like all the like all the cultists in that story are are like practicing like voodoo uh as well like they, they that's what the cops think they're doing initially a oh, goddamn it call of cthulhu is now is copaganda now that i think about it fuck we gotta cancel it too it's the wire fucking uh not, we can't have anything i guess i but, know yeah. it sucks it, it's canceled but yeah you know mine in the bayou it's not canceled yet so we can we can all start liking it eats what feeds it and like uh the bayou is just a setting because it's 
it's it's creepy in a way, yeah. and uh, it's got a yeah. lot of layers, and you never know uh, what's coming, kind of, and that's sort of how the story feels. Yeah, and that's why I picked the movie that we're talking about today, which is one of my favorite uh, horror movies. It's uh, it you know it is considered an Italian horror film, but it is set in Louisiana. Most of it's filmed in Louisiana, out in Covington, near New Orleans, out in the Bayou. Uh, there's some a lot of the creepy stuff in it is just stuff you see every day uh, <laughs> in certain parts of Louisiana, and that is Lucio Fulci's The Beyond. The Beyond. Now, this you really cannot sum up what the plot of this movie is because it kind of doesn't have one yeah basically someone in the past has uh found like a necronomicon type script he opens up a gate to hell it takes a few years to open up finally i guess they were under like social distancing (laughs) rules for a few centuries for a few decades but it finally starts opening up and destroying this louisiana town and i think uh eventually possibly uh the world uh, is what we're supposed to think this movie like reminds me of uh uh like of mulholland drive in the sort of like weird like dream logicness of it you know what i mean because like while that is the plot of the movie it's it it is like you know this is a movie that's like really about like I, I, like special effects and set pieces kind yeah. of like there's a very very creepy tone to this movie but like yeah there's a kind of like weird dreamlike logic to it like like the, when she meets the blind girl in the movie it's by she's drying, driving on the highway and this woman is just standing in the middle of the highway and then the next scene is like her bringing her back to like her house like <laughs> she has to like <laughs> it's great it's like a, it's a very weird it's it's it is all it's like very nightmarish this movie and i mean that like in the literal sense i was gonna say that character just really pays off i love everything about the blind woman that comes about like uh it all has a creepy tone but then they use the music and things like that in a fun horror movie way where she's actually like playing the piano riff of a scary scene after they've already like played that music once right yeah, this is almost like it, it like, and again, I mean this in like a good way. It almost like reminds me of like a, a music video in some way. Like this director just wanted to like do all this different type of uh, horror stuff. And so the, the story is really just kind of like, you know, uh, a nothing to, to hang horror moments on. It reminded me of like the uh, abominable Dr. Fibes. <laughs> A lot, hmm, like the know. weird uh, kills and the special effects. Because I've I've heard of Fulci for ages, and I really love Argento's films, and I'd always wanted to watch a Fulci film, and I'm glad that I finally saw one. And it was the gore was just uh, unrelenting <laughs> yeah. and disgusting. This, my favorite kill, I think, was the one with the spiders because of the sound choice. Yeah, the, and some of the spiders were really obviously fake, but it was still terrifying <laughs> yeah. and disgusting. Um, yeah. And this this came way later, but I had been playing a lot of Deadly Premonition, and it reminded me, too, of that kind of, like, I am assuming deliberately inconsistent narrative and just, like, dream logics, and it really feels like you're trapped in a nightmare. And every time some person is left alone in a room, you're like, okay, they're gonna. it's, like, almost comical. 
when yeah. the guy's in the library and the guy's like, I'm, I'm going to be gone for two hours. I'm going to lock you in. Have a good one. It's like, okay, how's he going to die? <laughs> I really enjoyed it. This movie is obsessed, and I love it, with the, like, acid eat away. Like, <laughs> yes. we get, like, multiple, like, they they bought that acid and they've made human models, and we got to watch a lot of models get eaten away by acid. I love the acid eat away effect. We never see the acid eat away of, like, a mannequin in movies anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, foam. I, I, yeah, yeah the, the foam, that girl. like blood foam. It's so disgusting looking too. I don't really know how they did the effect. You see it in all of Fuji's films, but uh, the actor, the main, the uh, main character, he's a he's a bit of a comedian. So he was actually saying that that is actually just like water that they're using, huh. and, and they achieved the special effect some other way. There's never any uh, uh weird. Of, but oh, he so might just be it's, lying. It's probably, I also <laughs> wonder if it's like. They build the the you know the model out of something that like easily gets eaten away by water, like, like baking soda and vinegar, right, or something right. like that. Something yeah, yeah I guess something reaction. like that. Yeah, yeah. It, to me, it looks like melting wax. That's what it's it, like, so that's cool. what it looked like to me too. Yeah. But I, there's a lot going on with it. It looked fantastic. Uh, and then when the spider eats size guy's eyeball too, all the <laughs> oh, skin God. stuff was there's very well so done. much eye horror in this. <laughs> one. That that yeah. gets me. That gets me. Like uh, the one where the the zombie guy pushes. Uh, the housekeeper's head onto the spike and then you just expect the spike to hit her head and kill her but then it pokes her eyeball I know up. good god <laughs> that that really adds to the sort of like nightmare element of it is like eye horror and stuff like that mm-hmm. I'm like this is like the world itself being fucked up you know <laughs> like uh, the very construction of the of the world is fucked up Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they keep going after the face and the eyes the whole time, and like that face melt happens several times. But the, <laughs> I really liked whenever Joe's wife came to see him in the hospital, and her face gets melted because her daughter's watching, and then yeah. they're just, they're doing cuts back and forth of a melting <laughs> mom, and then the daughter. It's great. She just keeps watching. She could she could have moved her mom out of the way, and she just runs from that foam. It's such a weird scene. <laughs> yeah. It's really well done, though. And yeah. that blood pulls up and comes towards her afterwards. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's great. Where she's just, I, I love her just standing there until the blood, like, actually goes <laughs> to her, toward her feet. The, uh, lead actress in this who plays, uh, Liza, uh, Catriona McCall. She's, uh, a funny story. She's credited as Catherine McCall, uh, in the, uh, act in the film, even though her name is Catriona, because this is an Italian film, and she was told that Ona, that ending, meant like big um, <laughs> in Italian, so they couldn't put it on the poster because it would mean like big Catherine. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, David Warbeck, who plays Dr. John uh, McKay, they're the only two actors uh, in this film, I believe, uh, aside from maybe one or two others, that aren't Italians uh, who were flown over to Louisiana and then dubbed over with English uh, voice <laughs> actors. Well, this is, it's like the, it's like the, you know, the, the classic uh, uh, spaghetti western thing. Yes, uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I actually love, I love an Italian movie where they just, like, very clearly just dub over everything in English. I think it's, I think it's actually a perfectly acceptable way to, way to do movies. It doesn't bother me. Yeah. Cause they cast all the actors based on like how their faces looked and they were, and the, you know, uh, uh the British actors were like, sometimes they would like get their lines so wrong and we still had to act against them. But then when you see the film and like, Oh, they nailed the scene still because <laughs> their faces were so good. Right. Mm-hmm. 
bring in the vibe. Yes, mm-hmm. they had the vi- they had the vibe. They had the vibe. So it this so Liza is our main character. She starts. She's a young woman. She's from New York. And I do want to say it's always a mistake if you're a new New Yorker if you think you can just move to Louisiana. Uh, to <laughs> yeah, mistake number one. Yeah, mistake number one. Lots of people tra- have tried it, especially post Katrina. Yeah, gentrifying. She is gentrifying uh, the swamp, <laughs> technically. Oh, that's what, that's what she, and she was, you know, summarily punished, really. Yeah, she's coming. She she inherits this hotel, this old hotel, and plans right. to renovate Airbnb and reopen. It, I was going to say she's going to make it an Airbnb. <laughs> <laughs> and then just, like, all this weird stuff starts happening. Like, when she first arrives, like, her wor- uh, workman, like, falls off a ladder and does he does he die or just get really uh fucked up? Uh, I think I think I the think first he gets really fucked up at first because he doesn't he go to the hospital? or yeah, something? Yeah, he goes. They the never house. show him again, right? Unless I missed it, because there's all yeah, these scenes I in the hospital remember. and I don't remember seeing him again. Yeah. yeah, I think the first guy just really gets fucked up, but then in short order, like another guy gets killed too, and of uh, the plumber uh, gets like. Uh, attacked in the basement because he finds this, you know, kind of uh, e- ancient evil symbol uh, that was carved in, you know, uh, early on in like the early 1900s by this guy who lived in the hotel and went crazy because he found the doorway to hell and was trying to open it up. And uh, shortly after that, you know, Liza meets uh, Emily, who is a, a blind uh, woman who had this vision of this hell coming and it blinded her. They meet each other out like on that um, that highway. And I've been on that highway numerous numerous times is just like there's long stretches of it where you're just in the middle of water and there's nothing <laughs> uh, beside you but like lake and swamp and it is very like strange and surreal being out on there and the way Fulci captured like the horror of it I, I, I really love it because it just looks like there's nothing around you except mm-hmm. you in the middle of nowhere uh, but it's like in bet- it's like you're on the way to New Orleans too like people drive on it all the time yeah, you were talking about Joe the plumber. He didn't last long, but I loved that character actually. <laughs> I, I I respect a man that shows up and the first thing he does is he sparks his cigarette, and then when this white woman that's gentrifying the area asks him how long it's going to take, he just says, "As long as it takes, lady." And, <laughs> but I guess he's really the one that breaks the portal open. I guess getting into that brick wall and you know he just destroys I guess he fucks it. Everyone over actually. He's like, I'm just going yeah. through this. He doesn't ask her about it. He's just like, I'm just tear down this wall and investigate this creepy hotel. Look, we do things a little bit different in Louisiana. Okay, <laughs> we, we take our time with our projects, which means you destroy everything first, and that means you have to rebuild everything <laughs> before the project is done. And that's why how you look. I I I can't explain it to all you Yankees, but that, <laughs> that's how we. I'm sorry, Shannon. You're not. I was gonna say I'm not a Yankee, <laughs> but you know. when joe died and his wife died that was sort of like oh this is a dream logic movie because no one even talked about her Mm -hmm. having her face burnt off and him having his eyes gouged out they're just like oh it's so sad they're dead i'm like okay that's what i'm watching there is no and then later the doctor's like i I only believe logical explanations it's like well good luck dude (laughs) the two leads are they feel like characters, uh, McCabe and uh, John and Liza, they feel like characters from a very different type of horror movie. The one where the good, like a haunted house movie where the good guys 
live in the end and fall <laughs> right. in love, right? <laughs> like, they, like he's so handsome and charming. He's a jerk, and she's, you know. <laughs> Oh, you you you, you think he's end. a jerk? <laughs> At the end, he's a jerk. He's very nice throughout the movie. Then he's like, "Oh, woman, calm down, get in there," like shoving her around. And stuff. He's really interested in her at the beginning. I mean, he's mm-hmm. telling her, "Once the hotel's up, even though I live in town, I'm gonna rent a room right away." <laughs> you feel like it's supposed to be like this horror romance, you know, mm-hmm. that's supposed to work out in the end, and they survive, right. and it doesn't work out like that at all. In fact, they. They disappear for kind of large portions of the movie because what you see after their little uh, date at the ca- the New Orleans cafe is that like all, a bunch of other people like getting murdered, like all the other characters are dying. You see that the little girl at the funeral, she's been corrupted by the evil. She, uh, you see, um, Emily, uh, the blind woman, that scene is so fucked up where she is attacked by the zombies. And her dog saves her, a wonderful dog, very good boy. And then the dog turns and eats her face. (laughs) That was my favorite part by far. And they actually did a great job kind of doing the suspense of your, that dog just tears a zombie up. But then Mm -hmm. you're just watching her eyes as it, oh, there's no more sound. And then he comes back bloody as hell. And yeah, I, I actually wasn't expecting the dog to, and the dog mauled the hell out of her. Actually. Yeah, <laughs> it goes on very long. Yeah, no, it's a, that's like a very like that's another like nightmare moment. You're like, well, this is just a really fucked up universe. This is a fucked up universe right here. Yeah, I respect that. No, uh, Me too. Nothing's, nothing's out of bounds. There's no characters that's safe. Like even just having the dog take her throat, that's enough. But on the <laughs> next cut back, like the dog almost Superman bites her skull open. And, oh. It's like, yeah, it's wild. It reminds me of Suspiria. Uh, Suspiria spoilers, yes. the original one. There's a very brutal, a very similar brutal scene with a dog where you th- there's like the slow build. Where we don't know what's going to attack this man. And then his dog just kills him. Yeah, that scene and the tarantulas were two of my favorites. I'm, I haven't seen all the, you know, great Italian horror films, but I've seen a number of them. And I really do uh, like them. I like the early Argento. I like the uh, early Fulci. I think w- with Italian horror directors, almost all of them like had a sh- significant drop off right around <laughs> when this film was made. Like right when the right like mid 80s, like all their movies just got like really really bad like they're they're because you know italian films they didn't always have you know the biggest budget so there was always right. a little something in the film that doesn't belong like you said the fake spiders you know like you <laughs> mm-hmm. you, you can notice there's another scene uh this is really funny uh towards the end where uh john is loading up it, they're getting in the elevator uh to go down and john is loading the gun as a joke, because uh, this guy is a jokester, he put he's putting the bullets into the nozzle of the gun <laughs> instead of loading up. And and uh, the actress she sees it and she laughs and she laughs. You get, and both of them thought that they were going to cut it out of the film, but it is in is one thousand percent in the film still. That's, That's funny. It, yeah. So like the filmmaking, it was always like. The sets were amazing. The special effects were amazing. Scripts was a little bit of an afterthought and some <laughs> of the like consistency. And that ended up like kind of, I feel like it kind of caught up with the industry and like not, and the like some of those sloppiest films I ever made, I've ever seen were like late Argento. There's one where a mother of tears where 
they're supposed to be tossing a baby off a bridge. You know, all these people are going nuts because the mother of tears, this great evil witch has returned. And this is a sequel to Suspiria, one of the greatest horror films of all time. This is mm-hmm. uh, the second sequel. And you can see the, they toss a plastic baby, obviously not a real <laughs> one, off the bridge. But the plastic baby hits something on the way down. <laughs> and oh. the arm breaks off. Oh, and that is God. in the movie. You see the plastic arm so flying off. But a classic Italian horror from, you know, uh, Fulci, uh, from Argento. There's, there's so much good stuff in early stuff. So if you have, if you haven't dived in, I definitely, you know, starting with Suspiria, starting with, uh, The Beyond, you can watch mm-hmm. Zombie 2. Uh, there's a number of, you know, great, great, uh, classic Italian horror films. Just when you get to the eighties, maybe it's time to, uh, drop <laughs> off. Deep Red yeah. is one of my favorite films, period. Argento's Deep Red. Uh, Deep Red. I don't think I've uh, seen a, that one. I love Tenebre, though. Tenebre is a really good. It's more of a thriller, mm-hmm. uh, but it's, it's like really, really good. I have um, a Don't Torture a Duckling. Like there's a little bit of a crossover between the horror and what they call a uh, giallo, which is more like a like giallo is like a mix of like horror, thriller noir kind of psychological thriller and like fashion, with lots of fashion is a big thing in Geology fashion too, sex yeah. psychedelic psychedelia is like a big mix of a lot of uh, different things but I, if i would definitely recommend checking uh out this you know these genres because they're they're really really have some just weird stuff weird fun very very violent stuff in all of them mm-hmm yeah, that's the thing about the Beyond. Uh, it's it's very fun while also giving me my gore. I got a big kick out of how the doctor handled his gun just in general. The way he, uh, <laughs> he I mean, he's a doctor. He should be fairly intelligent, and you'd think he would have put together that headshots mattered. But instead, we just get to see like spleens get exploded, yes. and all sorts of stuff. And <laughs> I, I really liked the first time a zombie was about to grab her. He, it's the first time he shot the gun. He doesn't shoot for that. He shoots at the hand that's like two inches from her neck. And I mean, <laughs> just nails it. And yeah. and same deal shooting. I, I, he, they went real over the top with killing the little girl. And I respect Ooh. that. Oh her yeah. Head, her head explodes. Oh yeah. <laughs> like there, there's so many, I, I really like like the, a lot of the shots in it just cause it, like the, co- I like the color palette. It was very good, but I think that maybe the, the shot that's probably most, one of the most famous ones is very quick. It's when they're walking through that, you know, creepy hospital corridor and they have that big, you know, fogged out panel. And then all of a sudden the zombies just break through immediately and start grabbing her hair and dragging her back. It's just like really like, like shocking and creepy in a way that I, I felt like a sense of dread. I feel like a sense of dread while watching this film that you don't get right. in the average zombie movie. Cause you usually expect like some people to survive, like somehow they're going to get out of the way. They're going to get on the truck. They're going to get out of here. But you feel like in this, like always like they're there, there's monsters everywhere. Everyone is being, corrupted. the world isn't Everyone. fair is what it feels like. And that really adds to the kind of the, the nightmare feel of it is like, uh, this is like not fair. These people <laughs> like, they're, they're just like, like it's, it's final destination. They're like, they're <laughs> destined for death at this point. Real fast. A lot of American horror movies. It's like people are being punished for doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No one in this movie really does. Like she gets warned to leave the hotel. That's it. 
Right. That's <laughs> the only thing in the whole movie. Everyone seems nice. Yeah. Yeah, and when she grew up in New York, she learned not to believe in ghosts. So I mean, she didn't know. <laughs> I guess that was her sin, you know, yeah, coming to not Louisiana. believing in ghosts. Yeah, and it's, <laughs> it's fun. Like you're saying, they don't they leave the house when they should, and I like the shot of when they uh, actually drive off, and then you sort of see all the ghosts in the windows actually, and then they're going mm-hmm. through town and nobody's there, and it's like, well, okay, the hospital, but that was the worst place she could have gone. So it's, <laughs> yeah. it's just great pacing for having fun with it. Like the design of that morgue, it looks like so. It looks like an Apple store, right? Like it's so <laughs> like clean and and aseptic and like all these nice clean lines. But then there's corpses like on them, and you see shots of that morgue like two or three times before like they all rise up at the same time and start coming after them. It's is very very good. Reminds me of like uh, some of the morgue shootouts in uh, Reanimator too. Mm. Yeah, and I, I respected having like when when I guess the original painter, psych or whoever found the keys, I guess at the hospital, they put that, I guess, brainwave machine on him for a second. <laughs> just just so the audience knows, like, man, as soon as that guy left the room, he he woke up. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's common at the morgue. Let's just throw the brainwave thing on these bodies. <laughs> but but it, again, we're in nightmare logic. Yeah, yeah nightmare gotta love world. it. Lynchland. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, really the thing that puts the film over the top for me is is the ending because you get this, you know, nice big zombie shootout. Yeah. The two lovers have bonded. They're together. They're about – you think they're about to get out of here and escape. They take the elevator down and then they end up back in the haunted basement of the <laughs> hotel somehow. And it's just like one of the work is like one of the best like what the fuck moments. Like just like it's so like it really gets to me every time. And then as they continue walking through, they look out and they see that there there's no world anymore they're in another world now where all these like decay uh like dust covered corpses are like spanning off into infinity and it's hail so and there's crazy. fog everywhere and they're just turning and turning and the hotel disappears when they turn and they're just they're there and they're in hell and then uh their eyes you know uh, uh go blank like uh, Emily's eyes and they're just there and that's it that's the end of the film that's the end of the their lives that's the end of the world uh yeah. has come back and that's it well that's mm-hmm. too bad that's the end the end of this movie is hell came back <laughs> <laughs> and there was never any like even idea that they could fight back there was no professor who knew what to do except for maybe the guy in the library who got eaten by spiders no that was yeah and like there was no like they didn't get a team together like in buffy the vampire slayer to avoid the pocket they, they were just completely like overwhelmed outmatched the, just outmatched from the very beginning yeah yeah, it was it was the best way for it to end. Like you said, they mm-hmm. they perfectly have uh, the couple kind of get together. And I also like that before that girl gets her head blown off, they think that they like scooped up a new daughter too before <laughs> before she tries to get them. And then yeah, it's uh and for the story being 
like as loose as it is, when I kind of went through it a second time, Hell World just looks like the painting that the guy's doing mm-hmm. in the first scene. So I actually oh, yeah. was like, hey, there That's we go. They, cool. they bookended it a bit. I want to know about the other six doors. They keep saying oh. seven doors to hell. I'm like, okay, I got because I, I haven't seen any other Fulci movies. I don't know if that's covered in other ones, but I was like, oh, this is a short movie. To, wow. Oh, it's only one. Okay, never mind. I think you only need one. I think once the one door is open, you're kind of fucked. Um, <laughs> or maybe, sense. yeah. But yeah, the beyond it's it's long been uh, since I first saw it. It's been one of my favorite horror movies. Like even though like the actors on the commentary talk about the fact that you know when they read the script, they were like, uh, "This isn't going to work," and they kept trying to tell Fulci <laughs> and the writers, like, "You know, this does this script doesn't really work." And they were always just like, "No, no, don't worry about it. We'll just <laughs> and I mean, kind of it worked out because they kind of just like made everything look cool and they had all these really cool scenes and even though the plot is you know very kind of thin like it has like an emotional arc uh, like a like a terrifying emotional arc that works as well as like an actual uh, plot story arc i think Mm -hmm. yeah i think it works really well i mean i you know the plot you know, being not that good is kind of ends up adding to the weird kind of yeah, nightmare dream logic quality of it. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. this is one where, like, you know, he just directed his way out of uh, not writing a very good script. <laughs> <laughs> and and because you, you could imagine you add on 30 minutes of talking, of coming up with an actual explanation for why they end up back in the basement, right? Like, you could have right. done that, but... I I think it like them taking the elevator from the hospital and then just ending up in the basement is like so much creepier, scarier. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing wrong with a tight 90 minute horror romp either. I know. Really? It's ideal. Really? Yes. (laughs) A tight 90. All right. Uh, so that was the beyond it, it's I really love it. it's one of my favorite horror movies and uh, this I, I really love uh, Fulci I did he has some really ex- uh, house by the cemetery this is his best one but his other stuff is very uh, good too now you do have to be on board with the not very tight plotting not very tight script sure uh, and the nightmare logic um and and this one he avoids one of the tropes that he does that it really annoys me where door doors will slam shut for no particular reason people can't open them he does a lot uh, of he that. does that a lot he does that a lot uh house by the cemetery he does that like 10 times i guess the house <laughs> is haunted technically so that's a reason but that's just something that kind of annoys me but generally speaking like i i, I think he's a really uh fantastic person to, to dive into and if you have nothing else to do over summer dive into some italian horror i gotta watch more italian horror i've seen like zombie 2 and stuff but it would be it would be fun to go a little deeper yeah this was my first one of his that i've seen and i'm i'm definitely gonna look into more i'm a big well i say i'm a big argento fan i've seen two argento films like 10 <laughs> times each but uh it's interesting. that's, that's, that's not a bad plan that's not a bad plan <laughs> oh my god goblin know. came to atlanta and they played suspiria and they played live music they did deep red too but i didn't know about it so he, he might still be touring if he's super old um but you could see the film because uh, argento's scores are amazing i like the score to this movie too but it can't be goblin all right, folks, that was Struggle Session. Uh, Aaron, where can people uh, find you and find your stuff and tell them where to uh, find the book one more time? 
yeah, you can uh, follow me on Twitter. It's at Aaron P. Crow, and I'll be putting up anything uh, coming up with the book there, of course. You can go and order at Scout Comics as well or order online or go to your stores and tell them you want it. Eats What Feeds It, code APR202022 for issue one. And issue two is J-U-N-2-0-1-3-2-7. Thanks for having me on, guys. This is uh, one of my favorite podcasts, so this was quite an honor. Oh. Hell yeah. Thank Thanks you. for coming on. Now, this is, uh, 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 yeah, it's good to have you. All right. Have a good one. Peace. Bye. Like what you hear? Want to hear more? Check us out at patreon.com slash struggle session or sesh.plus or struggle session.substack.com for all our public episodes, commercial free, as well as hundreds of bonus episodes. Thank you to all our listeners for holding us down five years strong.